statistical, so unpredictable, here on SNL Stats. Yes, that is right. SNL Stats is live, <laughs> celebrating episode number 900. Uh, thank you very much to Will from America for our theme song. If you guys haven't heard it in the last pod, uh, that is new. Um, for those of you joining us for the first time tonight on YouTube, uh, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. My name is John, and what we do here on our live shows is give you an immediate breakdown of our hot takes about the episode. Uh, we had such a great time being live with you after the Kristen Wig episode of Christmas. So we knew we had to do it again. And I brought along a great panel with me. He is the host of the That Week in SNL podcast and joined us for our last live stream. Andrew Dick, how are you doing? I am, I'm doing well, I think, I guess. Yes, happy to be here. Okay, well, that's what we need. You know, we, we go live because it's 1.10 a.m. That's why we're here. So, um, all right, we're here also with Andrew Haskell. He is one of our super fans that joins us uh, many times on our roundtables for our super fan takeovers. And he's also one of the moderators on the Live from New York subreddit. Andrew Haskell, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Let's sling some hot takes. Yes, I'm so excited. So just to make it easier for the chat, uh, Haskell will go with Haskell. Andrew Dick will go with Andrew just for tonight. Uh, so we'll make it clear uh, who we're speaking to. So look, um, we're going to get right into it. This is the way that tonight's show is going to work. We're going to be live for about maybe 45 minutes uh, to an hour. We'll see how much uh, content we can get out with this episode. Um, I know that I was certainly excited for the Dan Levy episode. That's why I wanted to do this. I knew it was episode 900. Um, there was a lot of hype surrounding this. And I want to really just go around the panel, get your hot takes on the episode tonight and then we're going to take questions from you in the audience in the chat so if you're in the chat right now prepare your questions and we're going to we're going to take them live during the show so uh andrew dick i will start with you tell me a little bit about what you thought about tonight's episode i gotta say uh not much worked for me in this episode i i'm kind of shocked I, I i like you i was very interested in seeing what this episode would bring i i didn't I, I I have never seen Shit's Creek, so I don't really know much about Dan. But you know, uh, certainly Eugene uh, seen plenty of SCTV. So like, let's let's see what what Dan has to bring. And I think beyond the the two pre tapes uh, in parts of update, this episode really fell flat for me. And I'm I'm still trying. Uh, minutes after the show, trying to, to put my finger on what exactly went wrong for me. And I, 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 I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I think I was feeling similarly throughout the night. Um, and here's the thing. I, I knew that we were doing the show tonight. And my biggest concern about going into it was, hey, is the whole panel going to feel the same way about the show? Is the chat going to feel the same way? And then there's not a lot of, you know, fodder to talk about. But then I get on here and Haskell basically says to me, well, Haskell, you tell me, what did you say about tonight's episode? So so I'm the opposite in the sense that um, I have seen Shit's Creek, uh, a fan of dance, but I wasn't crazy over the moon anticipating this episode. Um, and yet for me, it was, it was probably in the top three most consistent episodes of the season for me. Uh, you know, we can go through down the line, but uh, I think Timothy Chalamet's episode <laughs> is probably the top of the list for me. Um, and, and then, and then it probably this episode can slide in there. It, it, it might not go down as, as one of the most uh, memorable episodes, but I really only slot in, I had one, and we'll, you know, we'll probably, you know, we'll go sketch by sketch, but I only really had one dud in there for me. Um, but 
yeah, it was, uh, for me, it was a, it was a good episode uh, that probably speaks more to the consistency of this season, especially uh, the COVID season, um, to say it's been one of the best episodes of the season. But yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed tonight's episode. Yeah. And here's the thing for me. Um, I watch Schitt's Creek and I love that show. I think it is one of the, you know, the best uh, sitcoms that has come out in the last few years. I think it's really brilliant. And I was trying to put my finger on what I loved about Schitt's Creek. And it was, you know, watching they, they on Netflix, they have a documentary uh, with the cast of Schitt's Creek talking about the development of the show. And it's Dan and Eugene Levy who wrote the show. And when Dan and Eugene sat down, for, you know, to develop the show, and it was really Dan's idea for it, um, Eugene basically said, hey, we're not going to put this show out until we develop our characters. That was really important because Eugene Levy has a history of creating, whether it's movies or TV shows, and really developing the characters. And I think that's what I loved about Schitt's Creek. Tonight on SNL, when you're doing, you know, three to five minute to seven minute sketches, potentially, you don't have the same opportunity for character development in the way that, you know, I would have loved to see, you know, Dan Levy written sketches. Um, and that was, you know, maybe slightly disappointing for me that I didn't, you know, get the the concepts of some of the things that they were going for tonight. So, um, so Andrew, uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about some sketches that stood out for you tonight. You know, ones that you really want to talk about. Uh, the, the, the Zillow pre-tape, uh, that amused me, uh, for sure. I, I did enjoy it. it you know, I, I've been house hunting lately myself. So just that, that kind of hit, uh, at this particular time for me. And, you know, with the pre-tape, they're able to hit the beats a little bit better. Uh, so that one worked for me. And also the the, the, the final pre-tape was also uh, sort of an interesting one as well. But I feel like most of the episode, like, I was either trying to... Hmm. What was I trying to do? Like, the monologue. The monologue should have been really interesting because I felt like that's what I've been waiting for uh, for months is to like go back and explore what the COVID protocol backstage area for SNL is. And I felt like beyond 80 as the, you know, the, the stay six feet away, no pointing. I guess I got to chuckle out of that initially, but I felt they didn't there was no jokes like so many times in this episode i i was sitting there and it's like okay you've established you've established the concept but there wasn't any unraveling of the concept uh it was just that concept and not really many laugh lines to go along with it so most of the time i was kind of baffled mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I I was super excited when I when I heard that they were going backstage. Um, you know, that's what we want. Those are the stuff that you know when you think about monologues in any given season, you often think about backstage monologues because you know those are the ones that are very meta about the show. And then you kind of you know learn the cast and and you you learn more about the show. So yeah, there were some cute things in here, including you know the showgirls uh, in the back with Keenan. You know, they were in like those bubble soccer uh, uh, things, which which I thought was like a nice touch. And there was. A couple was that just a prop llama? I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> I, I, I have to go back and check. But um, yeah, it, it was weird. I see, um, you know, our friend uh, Bill Kenny's in the chat and he said it was a little bit eerie to see the backstage that empty. And yeah, that's true. I mean, you're not going to get your typical um, backstage, uh, you know, like, see, like maybe that was the way to lean into it was like it was eerie and quiet. And yet they were still doing it like it was a big bombastic trip backstage. 
And I like maybe that's kind of like what's been not working for me for this episode is that it feels big and bombastic, yet the jokes are small. Mm. So it never really truly jived. And I think maybe the monologue, maybe the monologue truly is like where it kind of had that first big misstep for me. Yeah. Yeah. Haskell, what was your opinion on the monologue? Because I, I, I do think that, um, you know, I, I want to hear what you have to say, but I, I do think that this monologue actually may end up being the thing that we remember from this episode a few years from now. So what was your opinion on it? Yeah, I mean, first thing when you're watching it, going into the cold open, then the monologue, the first thing I had was how great is it now to have 80 back and have 80 back in person consistently. Um, so she was great in it. Um, I the, the Keenan bit worked for me because I, I remember reading, uh, funny enough, in a um, a review of the, the animated Grinch a few years ago that, that Keenan is at his best when he's somehow playing the straight man and kind of an airhead at the same time. And um they they did that really well um but yeah then it was just sort of like it was just it was a quick trip through the backstage area where we were we were immediately kind of like back to the bleachers um i mean come on it's eugene levy and that's you he was great in the box um would have liked to see him do a little bit more there um so definitely the monologue uh what they did worked for me um, but it was just it was just a little quick. That was a quick trip through the backstage area. Yeah. A Andrew, can you talk to me a little bit about Eugene Levy and his history with the with the show? Because um, I, I, you know, I found it interesting when they put him in the box. And I was actually thinking to myself at the time, was that all they could do with him? Because maybe there actually was some type of protocol where he actually wasn't allowed to be with them. So they almost like, you know, wrote the comedy for the actual protocol. But, you know, I was at least happy to see him. I didn't think we were going to get to see him. So uh, how did you feel about it? And, you know, what's your opinion on his history with the show? Well, I thought it was interesting uh, from many points because I think uh, it was Chris Red who had tweeted out earlier in the week uh, something about the safety uh, officers not enjoying the jokes at their expense. Uh, so they were going to double down on that in a very SNL way. And so I, I you know, when I saw this uh, 80 popping up in the uh, monologue like this, I was like, oh, that's their their joke about that. Um and Eugene, I mean, the whole sort of like SCTV, SNL, uh, you know, crossover to whatever degree it exists is interesting because like SCTV was basically a sister show to SNL when Lauren wasn't there. It was in the early 80s uh, to the point that even like NBC was kind of toying with the idea of like, let's see if we can get the entire cast of SCTV onto the show. Uh, you know, I think they only ended up with with Robin Duke and Tony Rosado and later on uh, Martin Short. And I think Eugene was potentially supposed to host in season 10, I think. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then writer strike or budget cuts or something. You know, it, it didn't writer happen. Strike. Yeah, uh, so that that episode didn't happen, and it's kind of weird because the episodes that Ebersol actually had uh, SCTV alum on, it was like Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas and John Candy. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen them. I'm actually going to rewatch them. Uh, here soon but i remember them being kind of middling honestly like the whole sctv vibe 
doesn't really fit into SNL because as you say, it's more character focused, but in a much uh, quieter way. Um, it's, it's very different. SCTV is a much different beast than SNL. Uh, so the whole idea of, of trying to bring that on into the S- SNL, you know, machinery, I don't know has, has always worked, but it was nice to see Eugene there. Again, I'm assuming that uh, it was true that, yeah, maybe he did fly in from L.A. and probably did need to be quarantined to some degree, and that was their way of joking about it. Uh, and it was just nice to see, for sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and our friend uh, James uh, in the chat also says that uh, Catherine O'Hara, the, the pointing to the photo, you know, as a nod to you know her role and her relationship with Dan from Schitt's Creek, you know, oh, that true. was nice as well. Um, yeah. So that was a very nice touch. Um, Haskell, did you want to say anything else about the monologue, or should we kind of get to some of the sketches? It, it just um, Eugene Levy was on stage for the Good Nights, so um, oh, I true. don't know. I don't know if it was fully now. Yeah, you know, of course, he's in a mask and everything, so maybe it's there, but. I don't know if it was fully uh, like a you know a quarantine thing. I, I, I'm, if he could have appeared on this on the stage in the monologue wearing a mask and done a little bit more, I would have been really excited for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, in another year potentially we would have gotten that. Um, let's talk about Zillow. Uh, I know that uh, one of you guys brought that up, and uh, for me, absolute highlight of the night. I think this was hilarious. This was so funny. Um, you know, the real estate, you know, <laughs> version of a sex site. Um, the I want to flip that. I just found everything <laughs> about this was so clever and so funny, and. Um, and, you know, like, I do feel that whether you agree or disagree with the messages that were sent, almost every single sketch tonight was a little bit preachy in terms of like the messages that they were trying to get across. Mm. But with Zillow, it was just funny. And I and yeah. that's what I enjoyed the most about it is that I just I just felt like this was just clever and funny. And uh, Andrew, do you agree with me? You know, you're hitting on a point I hadn't really considered. But yeah, it did just seem like a uh, regular comedy sketch. And I, I'm not against uh, SNL sketches having a viewpoint. But uh, there was some degree of preachiness to this episode. Or, or something like that. Maybe preachiness isn't the word. But yeah. there was just something about this episode that kept kind of turning me off. Uh, and Zillow was the one where it was just, it was kind of wacky, dumb fun. And, you know, you get the, the like, oh, I want to flip that. <laughs> like, that was, yeah, maybe my my biggest laugh from a laugh line in this episode. Um, so, yeah, enjoyable. Enjoyable. Yeah, Haskell, ju- jump in on that. Because because for me, uh, like, I, I couldn't agree more. This was just so funny. And yeah, maybe preachy is the wrong word. But I do feel like this was the one that just, like, you could, you could put in any episode any season of the show and this is funny this didn't need dan levy in it to be funny i don't know so, so tell me what you think and and the other thing too and why i think this is the obviously you guys disagree on the quality of the episode but we all agree on the quality of this sketch and andrew you spoke about how a lot of the sketches tonight good premises we didn't dig into the premise the reason this is the strongest sketch of the night is we it was great and if it was just kind of like a like a sex hotline parody that's enough for an SNL sketch. And then you jump in and you get the the Cecily as the re- real estate agent part where you 
you do unravel it a little bit and you kind of jump out of it, um, which to me is, was probably the highlight of not only the sketch, but the night. So I At think that's why the twist. Me. Right. It had a nice little twist. We jumped out of this weird um, sex hotline kind of infomercial, whatever we were doing. Um, so that's why that was the highlight for me of, of probably the whole night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Haskell, you liked a lot more. So give me another sketch that you really enjoyed that you want to talk about. Yeah. So I had it, early on, things were working for me. I think, uh, I don't know if anybody else felt this way about the cold open. At first, you had like the graphics mistake. You had the boom mic showing up in the shot. Uh, Keenan kind of flubbed a few lines. I think a few people flubbed a few lines. Uh, but once you were able to kind of catch your bearings and figure out what was going on outside of some technical difficulties, I thought that sketch really worked. They bounced around a few different ways. Um, so that was really fun to see them do something a little bit different um, than- but Let's let's put a pin on that before you go on to anyone, any other one. Cause I, I wanna yeah. go, we wanna go sketch by sketch by the ones that you really wanna talk about and then we'll take questions. But um, uh, this is what I'll say for the cold open. Um, I'm a sports guy. I mean, I, I know all the guys that they're playing. I've watched the CBS, you know, pregame shows before. Um, to me, it, like everything that they did, you know, like, was okay. Um, but what was great about the cold open, the, the only thing that I felt was great about the cold open was the, all the commercials. I think that the whole cold open should have been about Super Bowl commercials and it could have been one of those, um, they could have done it where it was like, like I said, I'm not a sketch writer, but I'm just, you know, hypothesizing. Uh, it could have been NFL Network show where they were going through the top 100 Super Bowl com Super Bowl commercials and taking that segment of the cold open and really expanded on that. And I think that was the point where they actually had a lot of good comedy there. The other parts of the cold open lacked for me. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts? Well, I will say this. I Even though it went into a political arena eventually, uh, it was nice just to basically have a non-political cold open uh, again, you know, we're kind of heading that way again, and that's that's very nice to see. This one never really launched for me. The whole uh, two sidesing of the commercials, uh, the the gags just didn't ever really hit for me, honestly. And and I'm not a sports guy, so I don't know exactly who Alex Moffat was playing, <laughs> but his weird little like interjections, the like, yeah. Like in between lines, like Alex had something going on with that character that really uh, got to me. And I don't know if he's he's specifically hitting on what that guy actually does, but he had like small in between sentences uh, bits that really amused me. I, I think he's playing Bill Cower, who is the former coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, won a Super Bowl with them and and retired uh, not not soon after. And uh, I think he just rambles a lot. I think that was the thing, and they they played off of that. Oh, okay. He just kept on making these weird sounds in between sentences, and that, that, that just kept on making me chuckle. So, yeah. Um, don't all know right. if it's based in reality. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Haskell, give me one, give me another one. What else did you like? Uh, and then the the, the Universal tour uh, worked for me. I think that that was where Dan Levy got to just kind of be a little weird. And um, anytime I think SNL does a good job of like the new employee does not understand the norms of this job. Um, they normally do a good job, I think. And, you know, you're bouncing off some different stories and stuff. And I also liked a little bit of the twist of like how outside of Mikey Dave's playing the straight man, uh, everybody else sort of came around to him and what he was doing really quickly. And like, 
I think Ego was like the the MVP of this episode, and it starts really early in this one. Like she was killing it with her reactions, especially like the uh, that's dark, but that makes sense. Like that line was killer to me. Um, so that that was another one that I probably the reason I think this episode was so strong because it started kind of stronger for me. So if it tailed off towards the middle, um, that's probably you know I'm gonna disregard that a little bit more. But early on, I thought I thought that was a really strong episode, uh, really strong strong sketch to start. Yeah. Um, Andrew, what is your softener? Uh, yeah, this sketch, uh, potentially. Yeah, this didn't do anything for me. I felt like it was running through beats uh, we've seen so many times before. Uh, incredulous Mikey, uh, the person that agrees with uh, the person saying the wacky things. Keenan demanding more. Uh, it's 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 been done so many times for me. Uh, and yeah, Ego did a good job delivering those lines, but we've seen a billion people deliver that same sort of, I mean, I, I don't want to disagree. You know, I don't want to smash. This is good guys. It, here, but you know, yeah, it's just this like, is good. Ah, I felt like we've gone down that well so many times that it, it was just like, I, I felt like I saw every beat coming of that. And Nothing that they were unraveling uh, with the Back to the Future thing and it, already the episode's kind of escaping my brain. So uh, the other beats in it weren't working for me either. Uh, I don't want to be too negative, so I'll shut up now. <laughs> don't worry. There's nothing wrong with being negative. It's good that people have different opinions. It's going to happen in any episode. So um, I think that's that's fine. Um, but I do I do think there was some stuff that was that was funny here. And look, if you if you feel like you've seen one, you know, Mikey and Streeter sketch, then you've seen them all. And that's your general opinion about, you know, these these re repetitive jokes and things like that. Um, that's that's fine. But, you know, some people really enjoy this stuff. So I think that the the the, the softener being uh, Newman from Seinfeld, I thought that was funny uh, or Dobby or Mr. Bean. Like, I think those things were were, were, were a little bit funny. Um, but uh, all right, Haskell, give me something else. Anything else that you uh, really like from the episode? I want to so, know is dud, actually. I don't know. Right, I, I want right, to so know what that. the one dud is. Yeah, let's hear that. The dud was was late for me. It was that wedding sketch um, mm. because to me there was there was a piece of the puzzle missing and i understand sketch comedy snl all of it can be incredibly random and so much of the humor comes from randomness but it felt like those those characters that dan and kate were playing we, we there was like a there was like a chunk of context missing to figuring out like what is going on here like who who are these and i don't want to like dive too deep in it because sketch comedy so many times it's like who is this person why is this person in this space but in this case, it, it just didn't work for me. It was, in, it was, and then it was, it was short on top of that. Uh, a, a, just kind of an open ending, not a strong ending. That to me was the yeah. the, the dud that I was just like, hmm, kind of glad that one's over. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, we were joking around um, during the show, Andrew, about uh, which I know you said was probably the best part of the show. But uh, Phoebe Bridgers uh, smashing her guitar and and mm -hmm. screaming, and yes! in a way, in a way, like. You know, in a way, I kind of related to that moment where I just felt that um, I was so excited for the Dan Levy episode just because, you know, like I, like I said, I love Shit's Creek and I love him. But I I just really felt that I was like almost just like had a guitar that I just wanted to smash at some points because I was just waiting for that like one gold sketch that I didn't uh, I didn't get. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, like, like I said, let's, uh, let's kind of, is there any, any other ones that you guys want to talk about before we start taking questions from the, uh, from the chat? Uh, well, we, we mentioned preachiness, right? So yeah. I feel like we have to talk about the COVID Super Bowl party, um, where it was very on the nose. And when you're on the nose, it's going to feel preachy. I, for me, I, I get why people are going to like, that's going to be the thing. Like people are going to call it preachy. I thought it, it worked up until a point. Again, it was, it was lacking an ending. Uh, Heidi got to show off her, her chief jersey. I'm sure everybody's seen. She's been on like every list of celebrity chiefs fans. So she got to show off her Jersey. I thought she had some of the best lines, a, a little bit of an error. I think by like trying to talk through the, eating of the chili. I think we lost a couple of our lines. Yeah, there was a line like... out of Heidi I did not understand. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just laughing because I, I had the same moment. I was like, I don't know what the hell she's saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Haskell, on that. Um, the, the Bowen as, as Psy thing was the weirdest choice for an ending to a sketch. It is 2021, not 2012. I don't know what this was doing in there. Well, you had, it was like a hat on a hat because you had the Fauci misdirect uh, ending and then you ended on the sigh and it's just like, wh what? Uh, I, I, and it wasn't the good kind of what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if they, had, I know Bobby Moynihan used to play Psy uh, during like 2012. If Bobby came back and played Psy, like, fine, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, I would have been okay with that. Um, I'm just going through the sketches. Um, look, uh, lifting our voices. Anything you guys have to say about that one? Um, uh, for me, it was the most we've seen. Punky, which was nice to see her a little bit more. Uh, Kyle yeah. made me laugh. Kyle was really weird. Kyle's um, great at making your skin crawl. If Kyle can make your skin crawl with his then he's doing his job and he did that in that sketch yeah i yeah. i've known like that character that kyle's played like i've met that character once or twice before <laughs> well and i think like those these two sketches like the the covid bubble super bowl thing and uh that the black talk show uh both had like uh that that same level of preachiness and like obviousness to it like we're we're, we're just gonna here's the concept but there's no real twist, like the Super Bowl thing. Like, okay, like it doesn't take and rocket, doesn't take a rocket scientist <laughs> to know that you know they're all way to way to Jenny slate it on, on the live show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're not. They're all breaking protocol, and that it's such an obvious way to go. And so then you know you have all these people that are too overzealous in their love of black culture. And you're, it, it's just like there was no twist to it, even though there was decent character work in there, for sure. Like you said, like Kyle, I think, had the most interesting run of it, uh, for sure. And, and really kind of diving into the, the, the griminess uh, that I felt like maybe that, that would have really helped. Um, but again, it, it all felt very baseline to me. Um, yeah. Like, do we set up the concept and we just hang in that concept and don't really explore it in ways that I found is interesting? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fair. Um, anything on update, guys, that you want to talk about? Um, for me, the highlight of update was the uh, Chris and Keenan's the new trend. Um, I don't know if either of you uh, related to that, but um, I have watched those guys on YouTube listen to Phil Collins. Um, and I have had this conversation with my girlfriend so many times. And I was like, there is no way these guys have not heard the songs prior to them listening to it on YouTube. I mean, it's the greatest thing in the world to see their reactions. But I just like... I, I, I felt like this was such low hanging fruit, but I loved it so much. And this was the, to me, one of the best parts of the episode. Uh, do either of you guys agree with me? Uh, yeah. And it, it shows, you know, especially in an episode where if you're watching it live, you get a couple uh, commercials for Keenan's show, which has Chris Red in it. So uh, it, it makes sense to, hey, let's showcase the chemistry of uh, Chris and Keenan, which we haven't really gotten too terribly much in the show. Um, yeah, they were, <laughs> um, it was quite amusing them, them jiving to the meow mix, uh, thing. I, I wanted to go on for the rest of the episode. That could have been just an update in, in the last 30 minutes is them just this, just rocking back to the, to the meow mix, uh, song. Cause I found that mighty amusing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and Haskell, our friend Sammy in the chat says he loved the meta moment with them uh, not recognizing the SNL theme. And I love that, too. I thought that was so fun. Yeah, they kind of they kind of set. I was like, I like about two songs in. I was like, are they going to try SNL theme? Uh, and they, it was smart leaving it to the end. It was kind of a nice little moment. But uh, that they Keenan and Chris, I think, killed it in that spot. They didn't even need typically an update. You need uh, the straight man. You need to come back to the anchor and like. I, I don't think you needed Shay there. Like just the reactions that you were getting out of Keenan and Chris for each song was so like, like almost pure, like almost like the actual, the actual videos that uh, it was incredibly fun. Yeah. Um, Andrew, do you want to address the Morgan Wallen thing or should we just skip right? Like, have we given us too much attention? Uh, well, you know what? I, my thing was, I felt it was a bit too obvious. You went with the Colin Jost. I thought the funnier, edgier joke would have been a picture of him and Michael Che. I thought that would have been the, oh, ho, ho, ah, uh, but yeah, did, did throw it like, you know, I love Colin and Michael together, but like, it's been many years. And so that kind of joke is is starting to really fall fallow for me and again that apology sketch in the morgan wallen episode is one of the worst things i've seen the show do in quite some time so it was you really needed to hit a home run on your uh let's let's bag on morgan wallen joke and i i i don't i don't it was a pretty softball for me to be honest yeah. yeah um by the way bill our friend bill in the chat says they should have done another wall and apology <laughs> sketch and that would have been funny if they did it all over <laughs> um all right haskell you want to touch on that yeah i uh it, you know i i'm not if snl is going to do simply like the um the image gag and and jose and che got a lot of this early in their tenure update that they did too many just like image gags um, if you're going to do that, uh, it's got to be killer for me on update. Like, it's just because, like, I'm I'm here for monologue style jokes. I don't, the images, they got to be great. And I, I, I almost wish that they, like, Che kind of just came to the, the Morgan Waller, like, headline and then was just, like, punting it away. Like, I think it would have been funnier if he was just like, well, we, we can't touch that joke. 
Um, or he just had like a Michael Che rant. Yeah, like I just the even if or he you, pulled or, out the drink, you, we got more drunk Che or something like it's something, something at, different. Or at the very least, if you wanted to make the Colin Jost joke, I just didn't need it in image form. To me, that's just not what I'm here on update for. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Love that's photo jokes. Um, anything else from update guys? Um, that was interesting or no? Uh, well, what did we think about uh, Mikey and Heidi's uh, child canceling characters? I, I I never got a grasp on that, to be honest. Me, me neither. I, I don't like. I it was it was fine. Like I I understand the concept. I just uh, I just it didn't do it for me. Like it didn't have the maybe it was low energy. I think that's what I maybe I felt. I felt like there was like uh, sometimes uh, Michael and Colin are like so like bang, bang, bang with the jokes. And I oh, get like specifically tonight. I actually yeah. want to point that out. They like they felt like they were really hammering home some jokes and not even letting any time for you to uh, drink it in. And I don't know if that was like some time saving thing. Um, but yeah. yeah I, I, I well, James, James, uh, James in the chat, he said they cut about three minutes from update during the live broadcast. So that that happened mm. uh, during the show. So it's very possible. But like I said, the, the the thing that Colin and and Che have, you know, really done over the last few years that has improved besides, you know, getting a little bit harsher in their commentary is just they're just high energy and like everyone wakes up for update because they're excited to see it. And I do find that when you bring in characters that are a little bit lower, um, it could either absolutely kill because you have a difference in energy that really like makes you interested or it could die. I'm not saying that this died. I just didn't really do it for me. Um, and, and the Chris and Keenan thing really did. Uh, Haskell, your opinion. So one and, and somebody put it in the comments too. one. Mikey day was doing Jebediah Atkinson. Um, oh yeah. Like, he was doing <laughs> Taron Killam. Oh, yeah. um, for that character. I wanted I thought, a next. Yeah, like I thought the uh, I, I you know the, the jokes that they were making were, were hit and miss. I you know, I, I honestly um I, I, in the moment I, I, I liked it. Now thinking back on it, everything that they were canceling those kids for um is kind of escaping me. I, I thought calling the, the little baby racist because uh, it was crying when it got delivered it is it's fine. Um, I, it's, it's just, um, yeah, I feel like there's more there for those characters. And I thought they, you know, eh, it was okay. I mean, was there potential for them to use a baby photo or a child photo of Che and Colin at one point? Um, and that could be a gag in somewhere in there. I, I, I don't know. I, I, anyways, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kind of move on from there and, and see, uh, what else was in the episode. Um, hot damn for me. I mean, we've seen this sketch before where musicians don't know the song and then eventually they do. Um, my opinion has always been the same on this thing, which this is just a bad version of the, um, a sketch that I absolutely love. One of my all all-time favorite SNL sketches, which is a song memory sketch with Will Forte, Jason Sudeikis, and Bill Hader that they used to do with a bunch of, uh, of hosts that would come in and a song would be playing on the jukebox and they'd be telling some weird story and then they would all sing the chorus. And it was like, that to me was one of the, the, the best things that they've done in like the last 20 years or whatever it is. And I always felt like this was just like a weird take on that in a little bit. And, and uh, it never really did it for me. Um, Andrew, you agree? Yeah, well, and this whole episode just kind of had that campy vibe that I don't feel SNL ever really does well for me. I, I have no problem with camp, uh, for sure. But yeah, specifically like that sketch, like we just we've done it 
to death. And um, the whole song, it just, I, I, it was just white noise. It just immediately became white noise. Once I, it started and they're like, Oh, we got a song for the Super Bowl," And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. That's fair. I mean, uh, okay. So, so look, I mean, that, that's pretty much the episode. Uh, Haskell, do you want to, do you want to touch on anything else before we take questions? <laughs> uh, that's pretty that, much the episode. That sketch. It's funny that you, you connected to the, the memory sketch. I, that, that style of like, here's a song you got, it's totally a real song and you guys are going to remember eventually. I, up to me, the Woody Harrelson, uh, I think it was SNL 40, um, Apple oh, is, uh, arch rival apples that's a better version of that the thanksgiving song uh from a few years ago is a better version of that what what just what hurt this sketch i think that that to me this mold can work it's just the song didn't work the song was kind of forgettable there wasn't a lot of like lines that you're going to remember from it you weren't kind of singing along with it like you have with other versions of this sketch so it I, honestly i don't remember a single a single line from the from the song that they sang tonight. Yeah, it also kind of reminds me of those. Uh, uh, there was like a Kristen Wiig sketch and maybe maybe Fred um, back in the day where there was like uh, the "Are you really gonna make me sing?" or "Are you really gonna make me dance?" like those ones. That kind of reminds me of that too. Um, so, <laughs> all right, um, oh, let's take some killing me. Yeah, let, let's let's take some questions uh, from the chat so that uh, you know Andrew can answer some things and uh, and take his mind off some parts of this episode. So um, <laughs> one of the questions that I saw earlier, I'll see if I can bring it up. Uh, I know that uh, our friend Casey Killingsworth he writes a great SNL blog uh, that reviews different episodes, and he wrote, um, "What would SNL have been like if in season ten uh, Eugene Levy had hosted with John Candy as it was intended?" Andrew, can you give me that, you know, fan fiction of if we had actually seen that episode, what it would have been remembered for? Hmm. I don't know. I really, um, I, I think it would have been a quieter type of episode, uh, most likely. I, I really would like to have seen what uh, a Christopher Guest would have done with a Eugene Levy uh, on SNL, because... Um, you know, obviously they they did done plenty of film work later on, um, so that might have been interesting. Um, I season ten is such a weird beast that I, I really can't picture what the Eugene Levy uh, and John Candy episode might have been. To be yeah. honest, it uh, might have been a bunch of uh, you know Billy Crystal sketches. You know, I, who knows. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Haskell, you got an opinion on that? I know you just did the uh, time machine with the, uh, or the <laughs> alternate universe with the super fans. Uh, it probably would have been remembered as Eugene Levy's one time hosting SNL because I don't like big fan of his. He, obviously, his career is, is, is incredible, but it wouldn't have moved the needle to the point where, um, you know, his career changes in any different way where he would have come back and hosted 10 times or anything. So I think it simply would have been remembered as, um, the time he hosted and you would have gotten some SCTV type inspired sketches. And I don't yeah. well, and think Martin we, Short was there. So it, yeah, you might've gotten some it, crossover there. It's probably more memorable as uh, the episode we didn't get than it would have been memorable as an episode that we did get. Probably. 
Yeah. Um, what do you guys think tonight about uh, the cast specifically? There was no Pete Davidson, uh, no Chloe Fineman tonight. Um, so there were some elements. I mean, last episode was the first episode we had with all 20 cast members appearing. And tonight there were some noticeable absences. Uh, do you think that negatively impact the show, uh, Andrew? Yes. Uh, I feel that uh, perfectly explains the one lane that I feel like this episode kind of stayed in. Uh, Melissa too. I mean, we, she appeared briefly in the monologue, but we might as well not even count that as well. No Lauren, uh, as well. I don't think Lauren appeared. Um, yeah, that's not good. Uh, this episode very much had one kind of lane that it stuck in and people got shut out. And with a cast this big, I feel you need to make the effort to get everybody in there. Uh, to a, a good degree, especially Melissa. Like uh, I started watching this episode uh, with my mother and uh, she's watched the episode, uh, the show many times with me. Melissa's name came up in the main credits and she's like, who's she? And I was like, mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, they uh, should change her name in the opening credits to who she. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Haskell, what do you, what do you think uh, with regards to the cast tonight? Yeah, um, Pete, not having Pete there was a big one. I, I'm of the, my big uh, prediction moving forward is I, I think Pete Davidson's getting an Emmy nomination for this season um, in the same way that we're see, we've seen kind of the SNL is, is kind of starting to rack up the best supporting actor, actress nominations in the Emmys. Like they're becoming more recognized for it. I think he's going to get it for this season because I think he was killer the first half of the season. And with that said, it's so noticeable when he's not here. Um, hate seeing. Uh, Chloe Feynman, shut out. Like, I think Chloe, Ego, and Heidi are your kind of your backbone moving forward, especially as you lose Kate, Cecily, Any Anytime that I don't see them, um, it's just like, it, it, it almost feels like you have a, you know, we got the Super Bowl today or later today. It feels like you have a great rookie or a great up and coming player and you have a chance to get them on the field and get them more reps. And and you're not giving them to them. Ego obviously had a great episode and she's having a great season. Um, Chloe should be breaking out after the um, at home episodes where she was at her best last season. And Heidi, uh, she was, she was in tonight's episode, but I I'm on the record that she's your quarterback moving forward. I think she's your Kate McKinnon, Kristen Wiig once Kate McKinnon's gone. And like, I want to see her, you know, anchoring sketches i don't want to just see her kind of going through the motions yeah for sure i, I, I uh, want to bring up something go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no sorry oh, oh okay. uh, i want to bring up something ruby just said uh ad and cecily are so not locked into character that it's become distracting um also throw kate in there for me as well uh i was i was discussing with my my you know podcast co-host the other day about kate and, it, you know, just like the fact that like with Kate, like the season, we're, we're simply going with the idea that like Kate's not even doing a character anymore. It's just Kate. And like her misery is, uh, you know, now we're all of our own. And like the whole 80 thing in, in the, you know, cold open where. We were kind of goofing with the fact, like it, it almost could have been fun. We're goofing with the fact that we're live and she's switching between the two characters. Uh, but it feels so non-committal that it really 
bothers me at this point with these long tenured people that they they simply it seems like nobody has any more gas left in the tank that they're just like i will play myself or i will play a non-character and that's really starting to irritate me i'm not happy to see 80 back the the first chunk of the season i like i love 80 i was not the show didn't crumble with her gone especially since the fact that we have basically what like lauren's there and for whatever reason they thought to cast a woman who looks exactly and sounds exactly like 80. And we still haven't seen what exactly she brings to the show. And um, it, it's really, I'm starting to question what the hell the show is doing. Like, what is the game plan here? What is the game plan? Go ahead. I, I, I wonder if years from now, because we are playing into it, like Kate, she's done the same character a few times and you're saying she's doing it with all her characters, but there's been a few, few specific times where they've come out and said, I'm, I'm going crazy. And it's yeah. almost like she's saying, I'm going crazy being here. And like, are we going to find out, um, you know, whatever down the line that like Kate McKinnon was gone last season, she was out the door, then the pandemic hit. So she stayed and, in all reality, she's not as happy about it as you would maybe imagine. And so, and so you know, in, in our minds, if people that aren't on SNL would love to be on SNL. You're, you're thinking, so so your movies got pushed off. You stayed at SNL for an extra year, and that's great. In her mind, is she saying, I was out the door, and I'm here because I'm keeping my profile up. Obviously, I'm getting paid. It's something to do until I can go off and do my movies. Um, but but you're right. You bring up a great point where there's been t there's been a few characters this year where they've straight up, you know, called cut and said, Kate, why don't you address the crowd about how you're going crazy being here? Well, I think the demarcation point, and I hate to bring this up because a lot of people use this as a focal point, and I don't think it's as uh, bad as it is. But it's like the hallelujah uh, cold open where, you know, then she breaks character from the non-Hillary character and says, like, you know, I'm going to fight and I you know, hope you will, too. And I feel like that was like a huge demarcation point for what Kate was doing on the show uh, to where it became something different. And now I don't even think she has her heart in that anymore. And. You know, it will be interesting to see just kind of what what this season was when all the dust settles. Uh, yeah, what was going on here? Because, yeah, I, I feel the show is making choices it doesn't need to do. Like, we need to keep all these people on because what will they ever do? They'll never work again. Oh, 80 can't be in the first half of the season because she'll be working. And, and Cecily, too. Well, okay. Let, let me just take let me just take the other side of this because I totally respect where you guys are coming from, man, and um, I'm appreciative you're bringing it up. Uh, the the K conversation is a conversation that we had uh, last week because it was a really important point. She basically opened up the show in 2021 as herself. There was this meta aspect to it, and I did ask the question on the last week's show: Is this a good thing for Kate to be doing? Maybe PR wise, maybe as you know, people get to know her character. You know, those things will will play itself out as we get to the end of 46. I think what's happening is the show 
was not expecting, obviously, like everybody else, for there to be a pandemic. I believe some of the cast members that are here now would have left last year. I think that's been reported many times. And I think what's going to happen at the end of 46 and at the end of 47 is we're going to lose a lot of the players that we have had over the last few years that have really defined this, you know, um, mid to late, or I guess like early to mid 40s uh, run. And I think you're going to see... Uh, Ruby. And I think I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of the featured stars that a lot of us have started to, you know, really fall in love with at the end of last year and at the beginning of this year really start to take hold in a couple of years. I just think that there's going to be some speed bumps along the way, including getting to the end of 46, where there's going to be, whether you love it or not, some fodder with regards to, you know, playing into this is Kate's last season. This is potentially 80s last season, Cecily's last season. And we're going to see those um, those players get a lot of airtime between now and the end of May. Uh, Haskell, your thoughts? So so I totally agree. And, and I want, I know like the Kristen Wig goodbye. Uh, some people think it's too sappy. I want that. I want that for Kate. I want that for 80. I want that for Cecily. I want that goodbye. The thing about holding on too long, and, and Lauren doesn't really get rid of longtime cast members. If you look through the history of it, he doesn't get rid of people unless he's being forced to or if something major happens. But Lauren is not the guy who's just turning over the roster because, well, it's time for change. But if you don't, if you stick to it too long, you get sort of tear and killed, which is tear, you, you lost a ton of people, you know, Bill Hader, Jason Sudeikis, Andy Sandberg at a point, and you went, oh, this is, it's tear and Killam's kind of, he's, he's the lead guy now. Two, season le two seasons later, he's gone because he's going to go do his movie. And that's where my worry is, is like, are we going to get one season where we're like, this is the Heidi Gardner that we were supposed to get. This is the ego that we were supposed to get. Like, they're leading the charge now. And it's like, yeah, but they're already in season five, six, seven of their own contracts. They spent too much time playing second fiddle to a, to a core cast that really had a, I mean, this is, we don't really think about it. this is one of the most prolonged chunks of SNL. If you want to call it a core or an era, whatever you want to call it, this is pretty much the most prolonged era in SNL history. Again, yeah. Melissa's been there for five seasons. Uh, and you know, that is my problem here is if this is supposed to be some sort of transitional season, we're not doing that right. Cause we have not set up Andrew Lauren uh, or punky at all mostly um we're not doing any like we're, we're not really seeing like um things out of our tenured cast members that they've been dying to get on the air or something like we're, we're, I, I don't feel we're getting that uh as well and as you say even the people that we are thinking the show should uh be given over to are already there for five, six years. It, it's it's like the whole the show is in a huge conundrum of of it, a holding pattern for years. Writing staff, cast, uh, concepts, um, everything. It, it is in a huge holding pattern. It's really starting to frustrate me. I have to say. Yeah. Look. Look. I I think there is a. Uh, you know, there are many segments of the SNL community. I certainly understand that the super fans, which is, you know, a lot of people who watch and participate in our podcast and, and you know, are very invested in the, the cast members will feel that, you know, some of these people have overstayed their welcome at the detriment of other cast members um, that are currently there. But I do believe we're going to get there. I do believe we're going to get there. I think we're probably it's probably going to be at the end of 47. 
but I think that, you know, I have people asking me in the chat. Um, no, I, well, look, I have people asking me in the chat, who do I think is leaving? I don't have anything to report. I don't have any like specific answers, but I do think that the people to watch clearly, as we learned, were Kate, Cecily, and 80. I think Colin is one to watch at the end of this year. I would have said Pete, but I think Pete is having his best year on the show. I could imagine him staying another year because of that. Um, and then I think you're looking at a major purge next year. I don't think you're going to get this purge in the middle of a pandemic or near the end of a pandemic when they don't know what the situation is going to be towards you know going into next year. But I do think that they I feel very good and I know there are some people who are in the chat right now who do like the cast and that's great I do think that there's a lot to look forward to in terms of 48 49 and 50 uh, about what we are potentially seeing in terms of these new hires that are doing a lot for the show right now remember I started the episode as the positive guy tonight right <laughs> I, I like the episode I like this season I like this cast I was the positive guy tonight I'm just uh Andrew brought it out in me some of the frustrations I guess that were uh bubbling under the surface come to the dark side <laughs> yes um what i'm gonna ask is uh we're probably gonna go for another maybe maybe 10 15 minutes depending on how many questions we have in the chat if that's cool with you guys um is there uh if you guys are in the chat right now write to us any questions that you have just so we can uh cover those things before we head out for the night um well somebody yeah, brought ahead, up Andrew. an interest oh sorry i didn't mean no, no you go ahead go ahead i want to hear what you're gonna say yep uh somebody brought up an interesting point uh bouncing off of my my rant about kate playing herself where you know like that's very much a thing the show has done before and yes you know you, you chevy uh even down to gary kroger you have that thing uh but like that was more a, a focused bit i feel um and like this show at this point doesn't really trade in that kind of meta this is just the cast member being the cast member uh anymore so it doesn't feel so much of like oh this is an interesting new turn it just feels like kate is tired and out of ideas for me not so much we are tapping into an old school vibe for that um so that might be kind of you know a little bit more of my problem where you know, in theory, yes, I do want to see this. Like, oh, it's Kate being Kate. That's cool. But it doesn't it, it doesn't feel fun. It feels exhausted. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, we, we have three more episodes in this run. We know that Regina King is coming up next. I haven't heard like when, when they announced Krasinski, uh, Levy and King. I heard basically the most hype for the Levy episode. I know there's a lot of Office fans out there and they love Krasinski. I haven't heard a lot of hype for the Regina King episode. I know she's a wonderful actress, but you know what it is, is that I often find, and I've this has been um, what I found pretty much probably since season 40, is that the episodes that are the least hype sometimes end up being the best episodes of SNL. So let's go around the panel. Let's, you know, like, make this a positive ending to the podcast. And let's talk a little bit about what you guys would like to see in the next three episodes so that we feel like this run is successful. So uh, Haskell, let me hear from you. Uh, you know, it's going to sound like a broken record. Of course, we want to see um, th some of those people that we're not seeing um, get a little bit more time, of course. Um, but there is a little bit of like staying the course that I would like to see, which is like, um, you know, I like that we're doing something different from the cold open, right? Um, it yes. does it, it does kind of like, it is a little bit of a slap in the face that they're like, hey, Alex Moffat's Biden now. By the way, he's never going to show up. Um, but 
Honestly, not much to comment on right now, though. I, and, and I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, let's do some. Let's do something different with the cold open each week. Um, so stay the course that way. Um, and that's it. You know, let's see some. Let's see something a little bit different from uh, some of these people that we haven't seen. Uh, you know, shake up the 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 order a little bit. It's always nice when you see those quote unquote ten to one sketches um, show up early in the show. It feels like whenever they do that. Um, it's always something weird and, and kind of extra weird. So continue to do stuff like that. But yeah, get get some of these people on. On I, I'm not one of those people that uh, you know. I think Punky is is actually having a really great season. We haven't seen a lot from Lauren outside of typical featured player stuff. Uh, Andrew had his best episode last week. Didn't have much to do this week. For when it comes to new like rookies. I don't need to over expose them. I don't need that stuff. But like Chloe Feynman needs obviously more than she got today. I think she needs more than she's gotten all season. Um, so let me see some more Chloe Feynman. Let me see some more Ego. Let me see some more Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, Andrew Dick, tell me what you think um, about what you would like to see in the next few shows. Uh, well, I want to bounce off that just like, uh, was it, we just pulled this it one? up. Uh, yeah, J yeah, James. James. Yes. Um, yeah. James said, uh, after the February 20th show, NBC will rerun the series premiere of Keenan's new sitcom immediately after the night's live show. That's interesting. Uh, and speaking, uh, we have, you know, Dan Levy and all that. Um, SCTV used to run after snl and many markets and, and and you know maybe almost live i want something to run after snl that is fun uh and maybe it's us hey maybe we're the fun thing after snl um but i just like you know the night just dies for me after uh the good nights so i'm just like bah, and that's it no more fun television uh after snl so, uh, Regina King, I am pumped for that. Somebody also brought up, uh, yeah, Boondocks fans. So that's cool. Um, you know, she's a voice actress uh, in the Boondocks. Um, seen only a bit of her acting work. Um, she is mostly a dramatic actress. Um, she did a, just directed a film that was very highly recommended to me uh, from my podcast co-host timothy uh one night in miami which sounds very interesting um said it was fantastic and so and not just because they're two black females but hopefully this has the vibe of the Issa ray episode uh for me where we kind of go a little bit more dramatic a little bit more quieter in the whole concept of the sketch where the you know it, it's just something a little bit different uh in terms of approaching it um so yeah have high hopes for that and i again i don't think we really underlined it for this episode we're talking about right here but i do feel like phoebe bridgers uh was the highlight of the show um uh, so i do want to just throw that out there i i thought the two pretty solid performances yeah. So more more good musical performances. I want more of that always. Like you know, got music on there. Let's have somebody who's gonna put on a good live show. Yeah, for sure. And I think like the thing is, 
is for me what I want to see in the next few shows is, like I said, I do think that if you're talking about we're going to take a macro view of where SNL is, looking at their cast and talking about what's going to happen in 47, 48, 49, 50, I think that we have to be patient with some of these older cast members, like like we mentioned earlier in the cast, and I, I don't want to reiterate those points, but, but I do want to say is like, I just want the tidbits of like, give me a sketch where we get a Chloe and an Ego and a Heidi like leading that sketch. Like, let us see glimpses of what the future of SNL could be so that for all the negative Nancys out there like Andrew Dick, they get excited about what the future is about the show so they can see like, hey, we have these uh, amazing cast members and the future looks really bright. And I think it does because I'm excited about Bowen and Andrew and, and, and Punky. And I'm excited to see what these people can do moving forward. So um, what I really hope is that uh, maybe this wasn't meant to be for the Dan Levy episode, even though a lot of us are very excited about it. But but the Regina King episode and whatever comes in four and five of this run, I think we may get some more of that. So that's what I'm most excited about. Um, okay, is there... Um, yeah, let me just answer this, this couple of questions before we head out and do some plugs for the night. Uh, college movie geek, um, our friend says, before we go, do we think we are done with presidential cold opens? I do think that is an interesting question. As you guys mentioned, no Biden. Um, I think the thing is, is like, look, if SNL doesn't have a take on it and doesn't have something funny to say, then, you know, don't do it. And, yeah, and I think we just had four years of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Haskell, any comment on that? I mean, we'll get a, a presidential cold open. Like they're, uh, they're, they, it's not going to go extinct. Uh, is the era of presidential cold open every week over? Yeah, it looks like it, at least for now. But I'm sure maybe not this season, maybe not during this run, are we going to get uh, a Biden cold open? But uh, we're going to get a Bi we'll get President Biden as a cold open at some point. It, it's still SNL, you know. And yeah. I'm just going to say no more presidential cold opens ever. Done with them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. We, we, uh, nobody's ever done a, any podcast on the history of presidential impressions. No, uh, no, no, never. Yeah. Um, well, look, uh, let me talk a little bit about um, our coverage, what's coming up. Um, I want to thank everybody who's joined us for over an hour in the chat talking about this episode, whether you liked it or you didn't, whether you fell in love with it like Haskell or you were mad on it like Andrew Dick. Um, the most important thing about being an SNL fan is that you were passionate. And I love that everybody was able to join us and put their comments in the chat. I hope to be able to do a live show maybe once every, you know, three episodes or something like that. We're going to try and pick and choose where we do this because I know, uh, you know, it's not something that we can do every single week, but we do do our roundtables every single week, which which come out on Tuesdays. So I have different panelists, including journalists, other podcast hosts like Andrew Dick, super fans like Andrew Haskell, who join us every single week and they break down the episode. We talk a little bit more about the stats on those episodes. Our friend Mike Murray was in the chat tonight and he does screen time and, and does all these crazy stats that we kind of go over a little bit more in those episodes. And we talk about the macro of things. So those are really fun shows. Those comes out on Tuesday. So if you haven't subscribed, what I ask you to do is please subscribe to us on YouTube or any podcatcher. That way you never miss an episode of everything that we're doing because we do this for you guys. And it's just fun to talk about the show. Um, Andrew Dick, tell me what's happening on That Week in SNL. Ooh-wee. So we just uh, put out the episode covering the Rob Morrow Nirvana episode. That was the first time Nirvana ever guested on the show. So that was a fun one. Uh, we also just had Arthur Meyer who was a uh, writer on the Jimmy Fallon show. Uh, he joined us to talk about Elliot Gould's first episode. Uh, and coming up, we have Mike Bloom to talk about the Larry David uh, episode 
from season 41. That was the one with Bernie uh, cameoing in it. Uh, so that's what we got coming up. Um, yeah, entertaining and informational discussion about vintage SNL. That's us, That Week in SNL. Find us wherever you find the podcasts. Yeah, that's amazing. And Mike is a, a big friend of our show as well. So we love Mike Bloom. So that, that should be a great episode. I hope everybody uh, checks that out as well. Um, no, and it's terrible. It's a bad <laughs> one, actually. Yeah. Well, well, your episode covering it, I think this will be interesting, at least. Um, Andrew Haskell, um, thank you for bringing uh, some of our friends over from the Reddit. I know that you're very active on there and you were one of the moderators. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Just, uh, you know, right here, follow me on, on Twitter. You can see some sketches I make myself, some uh, some spec scripts that I put out myself and uh, always love to come on uh, Twitter and, and talk SNL with you guys as well. So, yeah, just throw me a follow. I'd love it. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you enjoyed this show, please let me know. I always like to get feedback so we can improve and make the show better for you guys. Follow us at SNL Stats to never miss an episode. And like I said, we'll be back on Tuesday with three more panelists. So if you didn't like what any of the Andrews have to say, <laughs> we're going to bring in three more Andrews on Tuesday for you. So, so that'll be great. Um, anyways, I hope everybody has a great night's sleep and, uh, and enjoys the rest of their weekend. If you're watching the Super Bowl tomorrow, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, whether you're a Bucks fan or a Chiefs fan, it should be a fun one. So we will see you guys uh, during the week and then next week as well. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much. See you soon. Have a pleasant week ahead. But we're here for the numbers as well. So let's get statistical. So unpredictable here on SNL Stats.